Before the episode starts, I'd like to tell you about a discount code I was given. If you use the code BIOHACKERSLAB, that's B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-S-L-A-B, at naturalstacksplus.com, you'll get a discount on their CBD products. Again, that's the code BIOHACKERSLAB at naturalstacksplus.com, and you'll get a nice discount. Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Kerwin, and on today's episode, I have Roy Krebs. Roy is the co-founder and CEO of Natural Stacks, an open-source supplement company that helps consumers improve mood, memory, and focus. Roy is passionate about maintaining transparency in labeling and honest sourcing of all ingredients, and that includes CBD oil, which we're going to be talking about today. Roy, thanks so much for coming on for an episode again. Thanks, Gary. Pleasure to be on. It's always fun. Yeah, so I got to chat with you, I don't know how many episodes ago, and we were actually talking about transparency in the supplement industry and and, uh, how Natural Stacks, you take pride in trying to find the best products and actually share that information with consumers. So I'm so glad we're getting to talk about CBD oil because that's a hot topic right now. And when I got to meet you in Seattle, we were having a, a bit of a geek out session about the troubles that you found trying to find good quality CBD oil in the industry. So we're going to be sharing that all with uh, people listening today. Yes, lots of information. It's very important. There's just so much false information and deception on the market. So it's you've got to really dig through to find quality products. So that's going to be my first question to you. Are there bad CBD oils on the, on the market? Yeah, and maybe I wouldn't say bad, but just fake. Um, not real CBD. It could just be hemp seed oil. It doesn't have even a trace of CBD. Or it could be synthetic CBD that was made in a lab that could have negative side effects. Um, or just kind of tainted CBD that was extracted in the wrong way that has these residual solvents that could then lead to negative side effects. So, so yes, I guess the answer is yes. Okay. And so what are some of the, you mentioned there, side effects. What are some of the side effects then that you would say people might get from not having a, a, a proper CBD oil? Sure. Um, 31 people were sent to the emergency room last year from fake synthetic CBD. So um, pretty serious. And these people are, are experiencing, they're like fainting or uh, become dizzy, uh, extreme headaches. And uh, <laughs> they found that, that most of the cause of, that, of that emergency room visits was from a synthetic CBD. Um, so obviously not extracted from an actual hemp plant made in the lab in some bioidentical fashion that uh, unknowingly ended up with these pretty, pretty nasty side effects. Yeah. And so what, what's the regulation like currently with the CBD oil industry and, and the product itself or the sourcing? Is, it, is this any sort of regulation at all? No, no, there's not. Um, dietary supplements in general, it's very loosely regulated. So the, the FDA, it's not regulated by the FDA. Um, typically manufacturers are um, certified or, or, you know, pass FDA checks, but the FDA doesn't actually regulate any individual supplements. They don't actually look into any supplements unless they get, um, you know, multiple if they hear from multiple people that it, it made them really sick or, or worse, um, then they'll start to investigate or they're making serious claims like saying, you know, the CBD oil will cure cancer. Um, th- then they might step in, but the FDA doesn't, doesn't put their hand in anything unless there's kind of a major problem. So, so very loosely regulated, um, and especially now that the CBD world has grown so fast, um, manufacturers, I think are skipping steps and, kind of uh, doing some shitty things to fill the demand that is causing more issues. Yeah. And that's what's because you've got two products yourself now at Natural Sex. And that's why you had to go down this rabbit hole of how how the CBD oil industry works. What, what are some of the things that you first found when you were trying to just source natural CBD oil? Yeah. And I really had no idea. And I already knew that program that we do at Natural Sex, which just means transparent labeling, um, transparency on the sourcing side. So all the way back to the supplier, where did every ingredient come from? And then third-party lab testing on every batch. So we took that same approach when we're looking for really high-quality hemp extract oil that we could use in our products. Um, 
I guess one of the, the biggest surprises that I came across when I started sourcing uh, high quality hemp oil was that a lot of these folks don't know what hemp plants they're using, <laughs> uh, which was very surprising. You know, if, if you're going to buy like a rhodiola or something, you know, that's coming from a rhodiola plant. They tell you what, where it was grown, how it was extracted, things like this. But when you're buying hemp oil, a lot of the big extractors, um, they don't know which plant it came from. And there are hundreds and thousands of different strains of hemp plants. And uh, just like there are uh, marijuana, you know, if someone is familiar on the recreational side, uh, there's sativas, there's indicas, there's all these fancy hybrids and different types. And each, each different strain will make you feel a different way. Same goes with CBD. They have different terpene profiles. They have different cannabinoid profiles, these different strains of plants. Um, but the industry has gotten so caught up in just the molecule CBD that these manufacturers are just mass grabbing as much hemp plants from multiple different farms, not even paying attention to what strain or what type of hemp plant that is. And they're just extracting the CBD, going after that CBD molecule. But I'm saying, wait, hold up. You know what? Uh, I want to feature this, this plant, uh, how nature intended it to be um, with all the, the entourage components of this plant, which is the original terpenes and the original cannabinoids. Um, so I want to know which strain I'm featuring because uh, certain, certain strains are definitely better. And by better, I mean more terpenes, more levels of other cannabinoids. So that was the biggest kind of eye opener for me that most even well-known CBD companies don't know what strains they're using in, in their products. And there's a couple exceptions, of course, um, the big guys plus CBD, um, they are using Fedora is, is the strain, and that's coming from Europe. Um, Charlotte's Web, the Stanley Brothers, um, Charlotte's Web is the actual name of that strain. But pretty much everyone else, they're, um, they're just using kind of commodity grain, a bunch of different strains mixed together. And is that what um, I've heard industrial hemp oil is? Is that where the CBD comes from then? Yeah, basically. So it, hey, the definitions are, are pretty vague too, but there's kind of been a, a divide of boutique grown hemp and industrial grown hemp. The boutique grown hemp is typically grown in Colorado or Oregon. And these are probably not the best farmland areas in the United States, but these are the two states that have been uh, more progressive in their laws to allow farmers to start growing hemp, you know, years ago rather than right now after the farm bill passed a few months ago. Um, so Colorado and Oregon is, is really kind of the, the two places where you're finding the most high quality hemp that's grown in the United States right now. And in those two areas, you can find farmers that actually care about genetics and are using specific strains. Um, and they're using organic practices. It's real sunlight, uh, pesticide free. Now the FDA has been very slow to certify hemp farms as organic. So there really only is a couple sources of organic hemp that's certified, but pretty much all the stuff in Colorado and Oregon is grown using organic practices. It's just that the FDA is not out there willing to just give a bunch of organic certifications to hemp quite yet. Um, so the industrial side, you're looking at more like Kentucky um, for the United States, and that's where they have these mass hemp fields and, and they grow them in more of an industrial fashion. Um, they're using more, more lights and, and greenhouses. Um, they're producing mass quantities at once. They typically are only caring about that CBD molecule. So um, the, the terpenes and things like that, they're not really paying attention to. They're more mass produced, so they might be using pesticides, herbicides. Um, and typically those that are industrial grown in Kentucky, um, you, they're not going to have organic practices. So you might end up with um, some residual pesticides or residual solvents or things like that. Um, also, you know, there's a lot of hemp product now coming from Europe. And this is typically Eastern Bloc, like the Ukraine um, and the Netherlands and, and Poland, um, which, which seems random. But um, I've actually heard, and I don't have a solid source on this, so don't, don't fully quote me, but I've heard a lot of that stuff coming from Europe is actually originally coming from China. Uh, there are mass, mass hemp 
fields in China. They've been growing this stuff for a long time before, before us in the United States. And um, I'm hearing that they're sending just the bulk flour, the plant to Europe for then being extracted. But then when they send that to companies in the United States, they're saying this is European grown hemp, but I, I suspect that a lot of it is not. Mm. And so you, you touched on the extraction process there. Are there different ways to extract the CBD then from a hemp plant? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that causes some confusion as well. There, there's really, um, I'll say three main ways to extract cannabinoids from a hemp plant. And this will be solvent, CO2, and lipid. So solvent is the most common. Um, and water and ethanol are the two approved solvents to be used in dietary supplements. That's what the FDA has said. These are safe solvents that can be used in dietary supplements. Most herbal ingredients that you'll see in dietary supplements are using ethanol extraction. Uh, it's food-grade ethanol. Ethanol is completely safe. I don't really have a problem with that. And it's, it's pretty efficient. Um, but the scary thing about solvent extraction is that a lot of companies are using a lot harsher, stronger, petroleum-based, toxic solvents. This includes uh, butane, hexane, methanol, these petroleum-based solvents um, that are completely illegal to use in any food-based ingredients, such as dietary supplements. Um, but they are very efficient, and they get high yields, and, and they mean more money for the extractor if they can, if they can squeeze these in their process. Um, and so, yeah, when I was first trying to source uh, high-quality hemp extract for, for my company, Natural Stacks, I talked to, to multiple many extractors, and I asked them what process they're using, and they said, oh, yeah, we use hexane and, and butane, um, kind of like it was no big deal. And I had to stop and be like, what? what? Uh, you know, did you know that's illegal? Um, and then I, I did some further research and some studies are showing that 20% of the residual solvent can end up in the final hemp product. Um, you'll never see it on a label. You know, no one's going to ever say, oh, this was extracted with butane. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that problem arose because this hemp CBD industry has grown so fast. And the early players were these, these vaping juice companies who were creating this, you know, hemp or marijuana vaping products. And so they were already doing this extraction and they were typically already using these pretty hardcore solvents because that industry is even less regulated than dietary supplements. Um, and so now that the supplement industry has grown so fast with CBD, it's the same, a lot of the same manufacturers and extractors, and they don't even know what the rules are. Um, so that's, that's the scariest thing. Um, so, any sort of CBD that you're buying, I would definitely ask for a residual solvent test. And that residual solvent test, as long as they're testing for all the compounds they're supposed to be, that will show if there's any of these, if any of these solvents were used, because there, there will be some residual. Um, so yeah, I said a little bit of on solvent, but that gets me heated. Um, so, so the high quality form of, of extraction is CO2. And this is becoming more popular. This uses high pressure um, rather than a, a solvent. So there's no solvent used. It's completely solvent-free. And if you could think of it, it kind of just squeezes the molecule out. It's high pressure. There's no heat, so it doesn't damage it in a, in a high heat environment. Um, and CO2 is, is considered one of the cleanest ways to extract hemp, but it's not as efficient as solvents. So typically the highest concentration you're going to get in a final product is about 50% CBD by weight. Um, for a full spectrum product. I'm a fan of, C of CO2. I think it's a great way to extract. I'm also a pretty big fan of lipid extraction, which is not as common and it's definitely not as efficient, but it is super clean as well. And it's uh, requires less heavy machinery. Um, all it is, is, is they have these huge vats of oil, typically coconut oil or MCT or maybe even olive oil. And they just heat up the oil and they throw in a bunch of hemp plants and heat it up for two days and then uh, take the hemp plants out. And then all of a sudden you have oil that's infused with hemp. Uh, that is like, I think one of the, they, they don't heat it too hot. So it's not super high temperature. Um, 
but that's a super cool way to do it. And there's only a couple companies that have a more large scale process that I can actually utilize. The two that are coming to my mind are green roads and also functional remedies. Uh, they're two pretty big CBD companies that are utilizing lipid extraction, which I, I think is super cool. Um, we weren't able to find something that made sense for us using a lipid extraction. So we don't CO2, but uh, those are the three main kinds of extracting. Mm. And when you were just talking there about the lipid one, because when I've seen certain CBD products that they get, they do get combined with coconut oil as an example, it just gets mm -hmm. me wondering then with the lipid extraction, is it that they don't have to add extra coconut oil? It just all comes a part of the natural process of the extraction then? Yeah, yeah. So uh, any other CBD product that you're seeing, whether it's a tincture or a soft gel, they have to mix the CBD with a carrier oil. Uh, because this, the CBD, hemp, the hemp extract oil that you're buying from an extractor is, is a pretty much a solid state. Um, it's very sticky. Um, if you had it in a vial and you turned the vial over, it's not, you know, it's so thick that it's not going to move at all. And so to be able to blend it or to be able to even encapsulate it or to put it into a tincture, you have to add a carrier oil. And that also helps you with the dosage, right? Because if you have just a, really thick thing it's really hard to say okay here's a you know 10 milligrams of that and it's going to taste really really strong but if you can blend it into a carrier oil then you can have more even production and you can actually do some things with the oil you can't really work with the super thick sticky stuff um, but yeah you're right when they're doing a lipid extraction once they pull the plants out then that's it that's the oil that has the hemp in there they're not having to add an additional oil Okay, yeah, so I mean, maybe that's a good tip. I, I just went personally with the one product I went with, uh, I went with coconut oil because I thought, you know, it's coconut oil too, which will be good. Um, I didn't even think about it. It could just have come, that's the way they extracted it. So mm -hmm. Typic Typically, lipid is not that popular, so it was probably a different type of extraction. Mm -hmm. um, MCT is, is, or coconut oil, is one of the more popular carrier oils. But I, I will say that I've read studies that... Um, Olive oil is a little more stable. It, it might last a little longer, a little um, less degradation. Um, but but coconut oil, olive oil, are both great carriers. Um, hemp seed oil is another one that people use, which is cool because it's you know you're using all parts of the plant. But that is a little bit more unstable, and the people that are using hemp oil typically might have to add like a vitamin E or something, a little antioxidant, um, to avoid some degradation. Yeah, because I guess are we dealing with the same problem then? like what you get with vegetable oils um with oxidization and uh yeah you don't want to expose yourself to unstable oils uh completely yeah and so i, I think the shelf life of a high quality hemp oil is typically going to be less than two years which is standard for a dietary supplement um i think it's closer to like 18 months and but it depends on the carrier oil that you're using um, coconut oil olive oil are both great okay and um so are you finding then, because it sounds like uh, as a supplement company, you have to go to extractors to get the, the source. Are the extractors getting better then now because the demand is growing? You said it because you, you were mentioning the industry grew so fast that you just got people using um, the solvents to extract now. But are, they are you finding a change in behavior in extractors out there? No. <laughs> uh, d demand is, is so high right now. And actually, the supply is low. Over the summer, um, most of the hemp that we're seeing today, they only do two main um, grows a year. And so it'll be the spring and late fall when they're harvesting the plants. And, and then when they do the large-scale extractions. Now, you know, they've gotten better and they'll reserve some flour throughout the year. But typically, that spring and the late fall is, is when you're seeing a lot more product come to market. Uh, but yeah, we're just getting through the summer now and uh, prices went quite a bit higher. And really it's kind of like companies are just, give me, give me the CBD, I don't really care where you get it from, I need it, my, my customers want it. Um, which then leads to CBD isolate, which, which is completely different and is not a full spectrum CBD. Um, which I see a lot of deception of, of companies saying this is a full spectrum CBD. And so full spectrum means that it has all of the original phyto compounds of the plant. 
So that would be essential oils, terpenes, cannabinoids. Um, and so companies, most of them still claim this is a full spectrum oil, but then you see their lab test and CBD is the only molecule that they're testing for. I mean, or that they're showing up on the test. So they're not showing any other cannabinoids, not showing any terpenes in their products. So obviously this is not a full spectrum hemp oil that they're using. It's an isolate. And so isolate is 99% CBD. And they can make an isolate from a full spectrum. It just requires some extra processing steps. Um, and so it, it kind of leads the question to why, why is isolate cheaper than full spectrum? Mm. You know, it goes through these extra steps. Um, and it's because that the isolate is made in this industrial fashion. They're basically using leftover of the plants and, you know, using these cheap processes as much as they can just to get the CBD molecule. They don't care about anything else. So they're going for the cheapest strains or whatever. Um, and it also leaves, leaves the door for more deception because we're now seeing a lot of fake CBD. And, and if you do a lab test, it's going to look exactly like CBD isolate, which may have come from a real hemp plant. Uh, but the fake CBD is, has its own issues. And then also we have this problem spiking. So I, and I think this is quite, I think this is more common than I think is that a company will say they're using a true full spectrum oil but their product will maybe be like 50% full spectrum and 50% isolate. So they will show a lab test and yeah, they'll have other cannabinoids and they'll have terpenes in there, but it's actually only like 50% full spectrum and the rest is just isolate. They spiked it with isolate because uh, isolate's cheaper, quite a lot cheaper. And most consumers only care about how much CBD is in that product. So um, that's, I think, one way that companies are kind of you know, selling the benefits of full spectrum and sure, here's my lab test, but it's actually mostly isolate. So it's topping up. Yep. And, and we can't pick that up then through the lab testing. Nope. Um, one way you can pick it up is that a full a high quality extracted full spectrum hemp oil should be about 50%, maximum 60% CBD by weight. So ethical companies will list both. They'll say, here's the weight of the total hemp extract that's in my product, and here's the amount of CBD within that hemp extract. That's how companies are supposed to label the products. Now, a lot of them don't, but if you're looking at a legit supplement panel for a legit product, it will tell you the total weight of the hemp extract and the amount of CBD. And if that's more than 60%, then it's likely that that's spiked with with CBD or they use some really heavy toxic solvents to be able to get more efficient process. Well, that's a, yeah, that's so, a great tip there. Just if someone wants to phone up a company, they can ask that those two questions there that you just mentioned. Yes. So you, you want to, you, if it's a high quality full spectrum, it shouldn't be more than about 55 or 60% um, CBD by weight. If it's higher than that, then it's definitely worth asking some questions. How did you achieve such a high potency CBD? What extraction method did you use? You know, let me see your raw material, COAs. Uh, what hemp strain did you use? You know, a legit companies should know where they're getting their products from. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely a, a lot to look out for there. And I'll also say that, um, you know, I've heard folks saying that, well, one, that CBD just didn't work for me. And some, some people's, endocannabinoid system is, is not as sensitive than others and they're not going to feel a super strong benefit, but it could just be completely fake. A lot of the stuff on Amazon, if you search hemp extract on Amazon, most of that stuff is just hemp seed oil with zero CBD in it. People think they're getting this CBD product, but it's look at the prices. There's no way you're going to find, you know, $20 for hundreds of thousands of milligrams of CBD. So it could either be fake or I've heard people say, you know, I took that CBD and I ended up super fatigued with a headache, um, you know, brain fog. And I'm like, what? Well, hold up. That's, that's not like a typical symptom of CBD. Um, and doing some research, the residual solvents that can end up in the product, not so much ethanol, but the methanol and the butane and, hethanol, and hexane, even a small amount of that, if it's left over in the product, can give you these negative side effects. So... What I say to people that have may, maybe ex not had the best experience with CBD 
It's like, maybe you got a pretty low quality product, look for something that's CO2 extracted or lipid extracted and give it another shot. Yeah. And I definitely agree. I mean, uh, with so many products on the market there, and as you said, you go into a popular e-commerce store like Amazon and you just don't know. It's, it's so hard. You, you hope that the, what they're saying is true, but it could, you know, all the problems you just mentioned here could easily be cropping up and you and you're and you're willing to invest one time fee to try it out and you suddenly yeah. go oh my that that made me feel terrible so i think i'm cbd is not suitable for me and i know and it shouldn't do that i mean cbd should have a relaxing effect and a kind of an anti-anxiety effect a stress relief effect and also helps with inflammation so that's where you get the benefits to aches and pains and um, joint pain and things like that, where CBD is really quite powerful. And frankly, I, I think CBD is, is the most powerful. And by powerful, I mean effective. So the most effective dietary supplement ingredient that we've seen probably since omega-3 fatty acids. Um, this, this is an amazing, hemp extract is amazing. You know, not, not just the CBD, but the full entourage effect of, of the terpenes and all the cannabinoids. Um, and what's, what's kind of interesting is like now that it's becoming really popular, this demand is growing so fast because it's so much, it's needed. It's, it's really needed this stuff because um, people are just so wound up. People are looking for any way to just relax a little bit. Um, I, I saw, this is probably a month or two now, but the app Calm, the meditation app, is now worth over a billion dollars. Uh, this is an iPhone app to, to you press and it just tells you not to do anything for 10 minutes. You know, it's, like, it's pretty simple. Uh, but this is worth over a billion dollars because people need to be able to chill out. Uh, and so CBD kind of came at the perfect time, I think, and that's why it's grown so fast. But like we're talking about, because it's so early, I consider it the complete wild, wild west. And you've got to really look close at, at what's on the market and what you're getting just, just to know that you're getting the real thing and that it's actually going to be providing those benefits that you're looking for. And then that also brings up the question that people get worried about. Does it contain THC in this yeah. product too? Yeah. So that we get that question all, all the time. Um, so a, a full spectrum, so there's, there's hemp plants and there's marijuana plants. Genetically, there's not much difference. Um, the only difference is that industrial hemp plants, which all legal CBD is coming from, is tests at less than 0.3% THC. As long as it's less than 0.3% THC, then that product is legal in all 50 states of the United States. I don't know all the international laws. Um, and it's not enough to, to really turn up a, a drug test. Yeah, you could take a CBD product every day as long as it has less than that 0.3%, which is tiny. Um, it's not going to spike on a blood test, I mean, on a, on a drug test. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, a lot of companies now are advertising THC-free. And I think a lot of that stuff is, is not, not what you want because it's typically not full spectrum. Because full-spectrum hemp does have a little THC in there. It should. If you're looking for a high-quality full-spectrum hemp, it should have a little bit of THC in there. Um, so that's, that's a problem. And, and we're seeing a problem that CBD companies are actually extracting from marijuana plants uh, that have a higher content of THC and are going through more of this in industrial solvents and industrial processing to be able to try to remove that THC. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's a potential issue as well. Some of the stuff I've seen will test a little higher than 0.3%, which, which you don't want. And, you know, once you're creeping up over 1%, then it might start to show on a drug test. But as long as you're taking something super clean, it should say on the label or at least on their website, less than 0.3% THC. And, and that's what you want to see on those lab tests again. That's when they test, do they test each batch? They should. <laughs> Most companies don't, but yes, they should. Uh, as a consumer, I would demand lab tests for the batch that you're consuming. And that lab test should include the cannabinoids, 
if you're if you're buying a full spectrum product, you're going to want to see the terpene profile. So which terpenes are in this product? Because different terpenes will make you feel different ways. And if you really are into CBD and you're taking this for therapeutic purposes, um, pay attention to the terpenes batch by batch or product by product because it's going to make you feel a little bit different way. Um, but really, from a quality perspective, you want to see residual pesticide tests and heavy metals tests and a residual solvents, all of those. We do all those tests um, on our product on every single batch without question. We want to know from our perspective, uh, but then we want to be able to show that to the consumer. So you want residual solvents. That's going to prove they're not using an industrial solvent. You want a pesticides test. That's going to prove that they're actually growing it in an organic fashion and you're not getting Roundup in your CBD. And then you also want heavy metals tests because some hemp plants um, could be pretty prone to being high in heavy metals such as lead. And, and like I said, a lot of the more boutique farm stuff is coming from Colorado and Oregon. Those two states have kind of high heavy metals in their soils, um, at least quite a bit higher than Kentucky and those eastern states of the United States. Um, so something that you definitely want to look for is, is where's the heavy metals test. Um, just to make sure that it's not creeping up on lead or arsenic or something like that. Um, also, to, to kind of check a lot of the stuff that's coming from China that's supposedly coming from Europe uh, can be high heavy metals as well. That's, that's the big, big problem with Chinese ingredients, heavy metals. So heavy metal test, pesticide test, solvent test. That's where you're going to get your quality. That's where you're going to see if, the, if, you, if your CBD oil is high quality. And then for your own to figure out, to, to biohack yourself and to figure out which is working best for you, you're going to want to see a cannabinoid test and a terpenes test. Yeah, I mean... And to really understand what that, what that product is. Um, and, and I understand that this is, a, this is pretty rigorous testing. You know, other dietary supplements don't have all this, but because there's so much going on with CBD, because there's so much deceptive practices and, and shadiness that's going on, I would demand all of that just to make sure what you're getting is legit. Yeah, I, I mean, I must admit, I've only touched the surface of the CBD industry. So I, as a consumer, again, I just look at the right now the dosages, you know, uh, that you get told on the bottles. I don't even look at uh, the flower source, the terpene profiles to kind of try judge which one am I going for. So, um, mm -hmm. And if anyone or I know no research has been allowed on this for so long, like, I guess it's, as you said, the wild west out there is people are just trying to figure out, oh, maybe if you are in this kind of personality or you've got this kind of condition, maybe this terpene profile is, suits you better than this terpene profile at this dosage. And, and, exactly. And I think that's, that's the future that we're heading. I think a couple of years from now, we'll see more cannabinoid specific products. So we'll see products that are super high in CBG, which is known as like the stem cell cannabinoid that CBD is actually made from. And, and has studies, like you said, that there's not that many studies, but um, there are more coming for sure. The CBG is a very powerful molecule that maybe is more important than CBD, uh, but it just doesn't have the name. But I think in the future, we'll see high CBD, we'll see high CBDA, which is the unreacted, the, more of the raw form of CBD before they decarbolize it, what they call it. Um, and we'll see more terpene-specific products as well. So they'll say this this product is really high in, in mercenine or this high is really high in linolo, um, which is, which is almost getting to like the essential oil market, you know, cause, cause those essential oils and essential oil blends are trying to hit certain terpenes, um, for certain therapeutic benefits. So, uh, right now there's just so much, so much heat and excitement around CBD. Um, but as the education continues to, to pile on, you know, I, I really do think in maybe just two or three years from now, we'll see more cannabinoid specific products and more terpene specific products. Yeah. And so that's where it's headed. Yeah. And as you also said earlier, um, with the farm state bill that's passed and now that I guess more variety of flowers and the, the sourcing of the different uh, hemp products is going to be so much greater. So you can get access to a lot of different profiles that way. You know, what's exciting is that now with, with the farm bill that passed in January, that a lot of these traditional farmers, so farmers that were maybe growing 
just an example, corn, you know, for their family's been growing corn for a couple hundred years. Now they can grow some hemp and it's completely legal. And these are professional farmers. You know, these are not uh, a pothead who is like, oh, it's, uh, I like I like hemp. Let's start growing hemp, which is some of that boutique stuff. You know, these guys are very talented, but these are not traditional farmers that, that have been around for hundreds of years, their families. So what's, what's cool about the climate now is that a lot of these large scale farms are, are jumping in and this doesn't mean they're industrial, industrial grown. They're high quality organic farmers are now going to start growing hemp because it's a higher yield uh, dollar wise and the prices are going to come down uh, pretty dramatically, I think. In general, CBD now is, is fairly expensive. If you're going to get a high-quality, full-spectrum product that's fully tested, um, you know it might cost you $50 for a month's supply. I think within a couple of years, that will be like $25. Um, so that, that's what, what's kind of cool is that right now, there's, there's a lot of science and studying happening. There's, there's so much consumer excitement. Uh, that the education is starting to happen faster. The prices are going to come down. So it's going to become even more of a thing. If you think it's popular now, you know, wait a few years, it's going to become way more popular. But the education and the quality is, is happening pretty quickly, which is exciting that I think um, the industry will get a little bit cleaner and consumers will get smarter to say that, you know, I don't want an isolate. I don't just want CBD. I want the other cannabinoids too. I want to know what plant this came from. Um, and so I, I, it's happening, but you know me, I, I get a little frustrated if it doesn't happen right away. So uh, it's all a few years out, but definitely an exciting time in the CBD world. Um, for us, it, we've had a lot of problems just payment processing, figuring out how to sell the stuff because even though it's legal now in the United States, they um, banks don't want to touch it. You know, it's, it's still like a cash industry. Um, so it makes it difficult to sell. We can't really bundle it with our other products, you know, um, like a, a relaxation stack with CBD and magnesium. You know, I'd love to be able to do that, but it seems like we're still maybe a year or two out be before we can actually sell it in a, in a way that banks don't think are shady, um, which is interesting. So th there's a ways to go, but, it's pretty cool to see what's going on right now. Yeah, I'd, well, I definitely agree. I mean, there's so many people, as soon as you say the word CBD, they think marijuana. They don't think hemp. Yep. So they think it's going to make you high or something, but it's like, no, it's, this is the one that doesn't make you high. You have to sort of explain that. Yeah, so hemp by definition is less than 0.3% THC. THC is the molecule that provides the head high. If you think about it, CBD is more of a body high. Um, so you don't get any of that mental high that you might think might coming from marijuana, what you're doing is you're like relieving tension in your body. Uh, it is going to be, provide some relaxation benefit to your mind. It's going to help slow your racing thoughts, relieve any stress or anxiety, but uh, it doesn't get you that high feeling that THC isn't in there, which I know some people like, but uh, it's not, you're not going to get that from CBD. Yeah. And I think that's where the medical marijuana um, industry is going is that they're trying to also figure out like what percentage of THC do we have to mix with CBD for epileptic seizure control or this condition or whatever, but that's outside of the supplemental world realm. Yeah. I mean, THC is, is also very therapeutic. Um, it has amazing benefits besides just the ability to get you high. Uh, but, but yes, you can get hemp. Hemp itself is less than point percent THC completely legal and um, I know that a lot of people still have that connotation I mean it, the hemp plant looks exactly the same as the marijuana plant you know um, so it's definitely easy to see why people are confused about that but that's the only difference is the, the THC content mm -hmm. and what did you find then with dosages wise when you were doing your research what's the minimum dosage you think most adults would need yeah, I think a lot of people are overdosing. Um, people people want to feel a certain way and they want it now. And especially if they have one of those tincture products with a dropper, they'll just put the whole dropper in their mouth. And um, you're not going to overdose on CBD. You know, it's not, it's not going to really be bad for you, but you might be overwhelming your endocannabinoid system a little bit. And you don't want to desensitize it. So... I frankly think 
for most healthy adults, 10 milligrams of CBD is like an ideal dose. Um, and I know people that are taking you know, 25, 50, 100 milligrams. And I think they would get pretty similar benefits with a, a quite a bit smaller dose. I don't think people need much more than that. Uh, personally, I'm, I find I'm pretty sensitive. Um, and if I creep up into the 20, 25 milligram, I start to get uh, drowsy. Um, a little bit of an, a negative side effect there. So I, I really don't take more than 15 milligrams at a time. Um, and I kind of think 10 to 15 is pretty ideal for most adults. Uh, I, I know a lot of people that get away with five milligrams and, and the fully effective dose just at five milligrams. Um, so I think kind of less is more in a lot of cases, uh, you know, unless you're experiencing like some heavy pain or inflammation, then sure. Try to treat that. But, um, yeah, you don't need to take too much. Yeah. Cause, yeah. um, just trying to remember when, when you see on the bottles, it I think it, it comes in fifteen hundred or three thousand. They talk in it, it's like a different lingo in the tinctures, don't they? So what they're referring to there is the total number of CBD milligrams within the entire tincture. So each dropper might hold a hundred milligrams, and so a dose might only be like a quarter of a dropper. Uh, I think it's more standard that a dropper will hold like 20 or 25 milligrams. Uh, it depends on the dilution, you know, cause they can blend how much oil as they want. So you can get a really strong CBD oil. You can get more of a, more of a diluted CBD oil. Um, but yeah, you want to know not just the total amount in the tincture. You want to know how much is in the dropper so that you can dose it correctly. And that's why I like soft gels or vegetable capsules because it's already dosed out for you. Uh, you don't have to guess drop by drop, you know, or, oh, did I, is that three drops or was that two drops? Uh, you know, it's already dosed out. So that's what's kind of nice about about having it in a capsule. And with your, because you, I mentioned earlier, you've got two products. Um, how, what's the dosage in your products then? Yeah, one has 10 and one has 15. Um, like I said, I, we, we could have gone higher, but that's what I think is the ideal dose for most people. Um, and also in my research, I was, I was looking at carrier oils and I was really looking hard. Okay. There's, there's MCT oil, there's olive oil, there's hemp oil. These are the three main hemp seed oil. These are the three main carrier oils. Uh, but I started looking at absorption rates. So how do we, how do we make CBD better? Right? CBD is already amazing, but how do we get into your system a little more efficiently? How do we make it more powerful? And what I found was omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and there are, there's legit human studies showing that if you're deficient in omega-3s, you can't absorb CBD effectively. You can't absorb the cannabinoids effectively because the CB1 receptors are the receptors in your brain that attach onto the CBD and that's what makes it work. The CB, CB1 receptors, if you don't have enough omega-3s in your system, those receptors become a little bit closed off. They're not as permeable. Um, but if, you, if you're well-stocked in CBD, it's, it's much easier to make those connections and, and for you to absorb CBD. So there's studies showing if you're low in dietary omega-3s, CBD is not going to work very well. Um, so that's a really strong synergy that most people aren't utilizing. And so that's why we have a product called Omega CBD, which is omega-3 fatty acids from algae. So it's plant-based combined we're using that as our carrier oil is the omega-3 fatty acids uh, which no one else has done and theoretically that should mean that 10 milligrams might feel a little bit stronger that 10 milligrams might feel a little bit more like 15 milligrams because it's because you're ensuring that you have those omega-3s to make sure that it's absorbed really easily um, so that that was interesting in our findings and i really wanted to feature that and so having enough omega-3s in that capsule just ensures that you're going to get a, you're going to absorb it a little better. And then our, in our other product we call dream CBD for sleep is 15 milligrams of CBD from full spectrum hemp. And we increase the dose a little bit because we want, we want it to hit you a little harder so that omega CBD is designed for morning or daytime use um, in the dream CBD for night. So it's a little bit higher dose. The CBD 
is going to help you fall asleep faster and help you relax so that you can get to sleep. And then we used lavender infused olive oil. So I found this, this manufacturer, they're in the Midwest United States and, and they deal with specialty oils and oil infusions. And so we sent them some, some lavender from, from France and they had never done this before, but they made this, this beautiful infused olive oil food grade. Um, I use it for cooking stuff too. Um, but we infused our, our full spectrum hemp with this lavender olive oil. And the lavender has a really high content of linoleol, which is a terpene in lavender, which happens to be very synergistic with the terpenes in hemp. And that helps you fall asleep faster as well. And we have just a microdose of melatonin in there, 0.5 milligrams. And that's to help you stay asleep longer. So we wanted to keep the dose of melatonin super small because most people are really overdosing on melatonin. Uh, 0.5 is really the smallest dose you'll ever see. Um, it's enough to work, but not enough to disrupt your natural circadian rhythm and your process of producing melatonin naturally. And it's not, it's, it's designed to last for like six hours. So you're not going to wake up groggy. Um, so that, that's the concept behind our two products, the Omega CBD and the Dream CBD. And I saw in the market that the prices are coming down. So I kind of wanted to beat people to it. And we got pretty aggressive on the pricing, $34.95 for the Omega and $44.95 for the Dream, which comes to less than 10 cents per milligram of CBD. So consumers can actually go shop out there because, uh, yeah, there's something I don't know if anyone has compared, like what's the price per milligram so you can get to that level. Yeah, and most companies are closer to like 15 or 20. Um, so, but I think it's, like I said, I think the market is, is going to be softening in, in terms of pricing over the next couple of years. And um, we were able to work with these small farms in Colorado. We're featuring just two strains of hemp, which are berry blossom and cherry wine. These are the two strains that I specifically seeked out uh, because they have these beautiful terpene profiles and you can just smell it. I mean, it's, it's really a nice, amazing smell. Um, and so we're not dealing with big industrial folks. We made a relationship with the small farm in Colorado, and then we are using a, a large scale extractor um, who does extraction for a lot of the big, well-respected companies as well. Um, but we're buying the, the flour from the source. So that's how we're able to get uh, good pricing on, on this very high quality product. And we're pass, passing that pricing on to the consumer. Um, a lot of companies are just charging high amounts because CBD is hot um, and their, their margins are too high, really. They, you know, they're, they're kind of just screwing over consumers. So I wanted to have a really fair product and make it accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. And you provide the lab testing, which is, again, why I wanted to speak to you. So. <sighs> of course. Um, you, like I said, you have to have some lab testing on CBD, at least in the current state of the market. You know, maybe in several years when the market develops a bit, there'll be more trust. Um, but right now I, I don't trust any of the suppliers, even, uh, even though I know these guys, I, I want the lab test to prove it. Mm. I like the, the mega oil one because, um, before this episode airs, actually, I've got another episode, uh, with uh, the researcher, uh, one of the most prolific researchers in omega three oils. Uh, um, and she was talking about, you know, how, as you know, too many people have, uh, uh, omega-6 to 3 ratio that's way too high. So that just gets me thinking when you're talking about uh, how effective CBD oil is, maybe someone also who takes a CBD or CBD oil, if they have a very bad omega-6 to 3 ratio, that they might not feel as, uh, as much of an effect as someone who's got a better omega-6 to 3 ratio. Absolutely, 100%. I'll send you the studies after this to show you. Um, even if you're not using our product, omega-CBD, if you're just if you found another high quality CBD, take it with some fish oil or krill oil or algae oil. Take it with some omega three source, and, and I think you'll be surprised that it works a lot better. Uh, your your brain, your your cannabinoid receptors need those omega threes to be able to actively work. So it's a. Uh, I think we'll probably see more companies doing it pretty soon. Um, one of the biggest krill oil extractors in the world is in Canada, and they also just bought a big hemp extractor and they're jumping in pretty, pretty heavily. Um, so that's interesting. And I, I think they'll be coming out with some 
omega hemp infused products, but I haven't seen them yet. So. Oh, it sounds like that's going to be the way forward that it just becomes the norm that you have to mix an omega oil with a CBD oil for effectiveness. Yeah. I mean, if, if CBD still works without omega threes for most people, uh, but I think a lot of people maybe without realizing it are deficient in omega threes or have a much higher omega six to omega three ratio. Um, most people don't eat fish on a regular basis. A lot of people don't supplement with omega threes. Um, and you know, omega six with the vegetable oils in our diet, in a typical diet, they're, they're overloading the omega six, like you said, and not getting enough omega three. So I think most people would definitely benefit from omega three supplementation and, and that's going to help the CBD supplementation as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Roy, we're coming up on our time here, but I mean, You've educated me. I, I thought I learned a lot when we were in Seattle together having a chat there. I just learned even more, which is great. And that's what I love about this. I mean, the, the questions that you shared there, I mean, I, I, people can, I probably have taken notes with this, but th- those are so empowering for a consumer. You know, it's, as you said, this is a wild, wild west market right now, but at least yeah. you've given a baseline of questions to say, all right, um, just so that I know I'm going to be buying a good product from a certain manufacturer or, or brand. If you could just answer these set questions for me, then I can trust that I can keep buying your product. Yeah, if a company's not going to show you a lab test, that's a big problem. They either didn't do the test or it didn't turn out well. <laughs> you know, so that is the first step. Is yeah, let me see your lab testing. They they should probably a lot of respectable companies already post their lab tests, uh, but they should definitely share it if you ask. And then yeah, take it a step further. When you see your residual solvents, your residual pesticides, your heavy metals test. Yeah. Yeah. And especially that isolate one, you know, that topping up, I can, I can imagine that would be quite prolific in the markets is sort of get through this first phase of, oh no, the lab test looks good, but actually you need to ask that ratio that you, well, that, that difference you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. If you really want the full benefit and full power of CBD and hemp extract oil, you want to get a full spectrum product. Uh, and so the lab test is going to show other cannabinoids besides CBD and it's going to show terpenes. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, if it's over about 50, 60% CBD by weight, then what are they doing to get that higher yield? Uh, it might be a shady extraction process using some heavy solvents, or they might be spiking it with a CBD isolate. Mm. Cool. So if anyone wants to maybe ask you a few more CBD questions or follow you or even try out your products. Um, what are the, what are the resources you want to link to? Yeah. Shoot me an email. I just got an email this morning from someone that listened to me on another podcast, which is cool. Um, Roy at naturalstacks.com. It's my email, Roy at naturalstacks, R O Y at naturalstacks.com. And then our CBD products, if you want to check them out, they're at naturalstacksplus.com. So we had to put them on a different domain. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's the state of the market we're in. Um, so we have it completely separate from all of our other dietary supplements, naturalstacksplus.com. And you can see on our website, we tell you exactly which genetics it came from. We have all the lab testing and we actually show you how it's priced as well, super competitively priced. And uh, if you want to try them out, I think we're offering a, a deal on both. If you want to try both the Mega and the Dream CBD. Uh, but yeah, check it out. You can... Even if you're not going to buy our products, just see what we're doing so that you can kind of compare that to what other companies are doing. Naturalstacksplus.com. And again, that is a great tip. And your open transparency that why I love Naturalstacks so much, where you say, hey, look, this if you want to buy from us, this is our product. But actually, these are the questions you want to ask of your other brands too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. Again, thank you so much for your time, Roy, and sharing all your your great information today. Cheers, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) 